run. Hello and welcome to another episode of Here's What You Could Have Run. After talking marathons, we're now stepping up to ultras and covering the Thames Path 100 by Centurion Running that should have been taking place the 2nd and 3rd of May this year, but now postponed due to 5th of September. Centurion Running are basically the gold standard of UK ultras with great courses that are well marked and plenty of aid stations. The volunteers are all runners themselves and they really give their events a friendly but professional feel. So if you've not run with Centurion before, I would definitely recommend it. And they're probably the ideal first step into ultras. They start at 50 miles and 100 miles. Uh, they put on 400 miles each year. And if runners run all four, then they complete the Grand Slam and get an extra buckle to amaze their kids with. Obviously, kids love uh, shiny medals and buckles, at least for the first couple of years, and they get bored, if they're anything like mine. Uh, Thames Pass is the first 100 of the year. It runs from Richmond down to Oxford along the Thames. The cut-off is 28 hours, so it's achievable for many, but it shouldn't be underestimated. And the flat course can actually catch a lot of people out because they just don't get those natural walking breaks and end up flying off, putting a really quick first 50 miles and then falling apart. Today we're going to be talking to Spencer about his experiences running the Thames Pass last year and as part of his attempt at the Centurion Grand Slam. With me now is Spencer, who here's to talk about the 10th Pass 100 that would have been taking place this weekend, and obviously, like many other races, been cancelled. So, Spencer, do you want to uh, introduce yourself and tell us uh, a bit of your running history? Yep, um, obviously, my name is Spencer. Um, I started running back in 2012. Um, I'd lost a load of weight and I wanted a new challenge. So I decided to try running. Um, and here we are. <laughs> Eight years later, still doing it, albeit uh, a lot longer and a lot further. So you'd say you sort of got carried away a bit. Did you start with sort of 5Ks and 10Ks or went straight to longer stuff? I started with, with a 10K um, and it didn't really take off straight away. It was I left it sort of. I don't know, maybe six months, maybe a bit longer. And then I did another 10K. Uh, and then I just wanted to do a half. And then once I'd done a half, I wanted to do a full. And it just, just kept going, really. Um, What's the longest race you've done so far? So the longest was, well, it is Thames Path. Um, and my watch, I've done it twice. And my watch always clocks it at 103. Um, Although, of course, with a bit of GPS. Uh, yeah, ping that's, that's, that's extra value for money, though, isn't it? That's, that's a, right. Yeah, that's that was James Elson giving you 3% extra. It's good. That's right. So, so yeah, that's the longest um, I've done. And it was, it was basically a mate of mine, Sonny, from my running club, who also does Centurion stuff. Um, back in 2015, he, he sent me a clip of uh, Race to the Stones, their promotional video, and yeah. said, what, what do you think of this? I said, um, I said, well, I've got to do Brighton Marathon first. I'll get that out of the way and I'll see how I feel. Um, Brighton Marathon was awful. Uh, I pulled, pulled something in my hip and basically hobbled to the finish. Nice. Um, but, <laughs> but I still did it. Um, I, I was worried I wouldn't be able to do it because obviously it was further and I, I wasn't physically 100% fit. Um, but obviously with the walk breaks and the, and the trail running, it was just, you know, it wasn't as, as tough as I thought it was going to be compared to you know, a, a, a road uh, marathon, which is obviously a lot more bashing on your, on your, your yeah, knees and your hips and whatnot. Yeah, it's accumulated damage, isn't it, on a road marathon? Yeah. 
Um, so that was it. I, f I did that. We did it over two days. We did the 50k on the Saturday and we slept overnight halfway and then we did the 50k on the Sunday. And um, I, I loved it. I was, I was hooked. I just wanted to, you know, do it again and do it again. And then you let they sort of thought you'd do it all in one go and try and do a hundred miler then. Yeah, the the I think uh, 2016 I went back and did it um, all the way through the hundred k, um, and then it was 2017. Uh, I'd, I'd signed. Well, I'd, I'd volunteered to uh, at Streetly on Thames Path in 2016 to get a free spot in 2017. So that's when I went back and did the the hundred. Yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, Centurion has a really big kind of um, volunteer ethos with the manual, the A stations, etc. And although I've never done it myself, as I understand it, if you man an aid station, you get free entry into the following year. Is that correct? Yeah. And it's a good way, if you've never done it, it's a good way to see, especially if you're, I mean, I've, I've, I've always done the, the graveyard shifts. So like I've done 70 miles on the Thames path I've done 90 miles on the North Downs 100 so you get to see people when they are really Broken. you know <laughs> that's it yeah uh, and you sort of can see what they do and how, and how they cope with it and you know try and make some mental notes of what you think you know you could do differently to, to you know to get you to the finish and that didn't put um, you off seeing like decent runners absolutely broken and a mess of a human being no, no not really you thought um, I want a bit of that yeah well the sort of the, the the way I did I built up to it was uh, I think it was 2016 um, in the April I did a marathon in the May I did a 50k in the uh, June I did a 50 miler in the July I did a, a, a 100k so I just kept it and when I got to the finish of all of those races I never thought I'm that broken I can't keep going yeah. I wouldn't have wanted to keep going at the end of the races but I didn't think I can't go any further um, maybe that's arrogance or, or, or what I don't know but I always thought yeah I can go that bit further and, and I can do it so it didn't put me off um, it did it did teach me that you know don't hang around in checkpoints Definitely, um, yeah. and I was fortunate to the the year the two years I volunteered there um, has always been the bad weather years whether it be the cold year or the hot year and the years I've run it has always been the the good weather year so i've been lucky in that respect <laughs> so with that were you volunteering 2017 then uh, no, 20, year, I think, 20, no, no I that was 2018 that was the hot year oh um, that was the year i did it then yeah yeah people coming in and, and you know really dehydrated and they've been out in the sun all all day because you know streetly 71 miles so you'd people have been out all day long um and they were being sick from you know just so you know sunstroke probably yeah um, it was a it was a rough time it really knocked a, knocked a few people out um and of course the the thing with running next to the thames is once it once the sun goes down the temperature drops quite rapidly and it can be colder next to the water than it is you know further away from it yeah so, that you know, you really caught that me out everyone said yeah. oh it gets cold at night and you think well yeah you know that's obvious it's, it always gets colder yeah. at night doesn't it and until you yeah. run it and you realize quite how much they may and yeah, yeah it's, like it's not it's, arctic yeah. At 71 miles, you haven't, unless you're very good, you haven't even got the energy or ability to run to keep warm by that point. You are run walking and hobbling and getting That's right. cold. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Cool. So you decided you wanted to do the 10th pass 100. You actually run it twice then, you were saying. Yeah, so um, 
I don't know, I don't know why or how I come across Centurion, but I did. I saw that they did the volunteer spots. A couple of uh, friends from our running clubs, we said, let's let's volunteer and then let's run it. So we did that. And then I went back last year to do the slam, um, which is why I went back to Thames Path again to to yeah. do all four hundreds. Um, and I, I I sort of I trained differently this time. Did a lot of flat running, um, you know, a lot of canal running, track running, anything that was flat and I don't want to say boring, but you've got to learn to sort of always be on flat terrain because that's how it is. Yeah, that's a lot of people get caught out of the tenth pass, and that it is just you know, it's like running on canal, isn't it? There's the odd incline up a bridge, and that's about it, isn't it? So, yeah, you do find when you get near the back end because there's a lot of uh, weirs and bridges. You find that even though they're only probably not even ten inches off the ground, lifting your leg up. Um, it gets harder as the yeah. race gets longer, even though they're just little steps. Because your you muscle, you know, you use only repetitive muscles that you know, and we don't use the other ones. So, yeah, it's weird. So you train a lot of flat for this time, then presumably qualification-wise, because you have to qualify for the Centurion Hundreds. You had enough fifties and hundreds in the bank for that, didn't you? Yeah, in uh, twenty eighteen, I did the fifty slam. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd accrued enough um, qualification races to, yeah. to do it, so that was no problem. Not easy then. So you did the fifty slam one year and the hundred slam the next. Yeah, that was that was the idea, oh. um, well but done. I never finished South Downs hundred, so ah. uh, that was that. <laughs> that was that ended fairly soonish. You'll, you'll have to go back and try and do both then. Yeah, well, <laughs> not that I'm superstitious, but I've I've had good times in the odd years. 17, 19, so 21 is, is possibly going to be the year. I'll have a good, I'll have a good year at it. So, um, But with everything going on, I, you know, we'll see what happens next year. Well, yeah, who, know, who knows what's going to happen at the minute. That... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. So if there's anyone who's training for their first 100 miler, what would you kind of give us hints or tips for that? I think um, consistency is the key. You know, just get lots of weeks of good, solid running in. Um, I generally don't do tons and tons of weekly mileage like some people, but it's just more consistent, just weeks of the same sort of numbers and then very gradually building it up. So what, what would do your much... peak kind of mileage be then if you're building up for 100? Probably, probably 50 to 60 miles a week okay. tops. Um, I, I've never gone over that because it's just, it puts too much wear on on my body, on my knees. Um and and it's also it breaks into your life because to do that sort of mileage you've got to spend a lot of time running. But that um, is the problem, yeah. I mean, unless you're super elite and able to knock out marathon distances at three hours and not be tired, then yeah, you know, running thirty miles yeah. at the sort of pace you and I run at is a good half of your I mean, Saturday or Sunday gone, isn't it? So. That's, that's right. You know, you got to you got to try and keep it balanced so that you can, you know, keep everything else going on as well, work, family. Um, and yeah, so I, I don't tend to go too mad. I don't do many back-to-backs either. I'll, I'll do the odd one or two. I might throw in a, a what I did do last year for Thames Path, which was I thought really good, was uh, Phoenix Running, do the six or seven hour up and down the Thames races. Oh yeah, I've so done I did a couple one of, them. of those, yeah. yeah. And of course, it's the Thames, so it's flat as a pancake. Um, it's monotonous, you know, again, which is great training for. Because as much as the Thames Pass is lovely and, you know, there's some great views and 
you go through some wonderful places like Hampton Court, Palace, Windsor, Windsor Castle, and, and you know, Gorian Street is lovely. It is just path filled water. Yeah, so, sometimes the, the water's way. on your right, sometimes it's on your left. That's about as exciting as it gets, isn't it? That's it. So doing the Phoenix uh, lap ones up and down, you know, it just it just sort of prepares you for what it's going to be like. You go um, past the Phoenix um, location, don't you, on the Thames Bath? Yeah, it's uh, Walton on Thames, so um, it, yeah, yeah, you yeah you go past that. Um, yeah, I found so that yeah, I did quite one of those. Weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I found that quite beneficial, um, and a few canal runs. Um, I don't live too far from the Grand Union, so I can go up and down that as Brilliant. much as I like. I can go down into London, or I can go back the other way up towards sort of uh, Watford, Casterbury, um, up to. Hemel, Burkhampton, out that way. So. Yeah, so you get a lot of miles on the flat, then, which is what you need, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. yeah. So going into 10 12, obviously you were doing it as part of the Grand Slam, but do you have an idea of a target time or just wanted to finish? The first time I did it, I just wanted to finish. Um, I was chatting with James Elson at the start of last year, and, and he said, you know, have you got, do you think you can do sub-24? And because of, I'd, I'd actually got a, a pretty good... Uh, PB at the Phoenix running I've got 50k PB so I was I was fairly confident in my ability to do it but whether it would happen on the day I didn't know but um yeah I did I did pull it off with 20 minutes to spare so perfect pace. um yeah <laughs> all luck cool um, so coming down to race day then um if people don't know it's a point to point so you've got a few more logistics than some other races and it starts in Richmond. How do you get down to Richmond at stupid o'clock on a Saturday morning? It, it's actually, it's not too bad because it's a 9.30 kickoff. So it's not silly o'clock where you, you know, um, public transport, things like that. I'm lucky because I live in northwest London. So I got, my, my wife drops me. Or, or we park up in, in Richmond because there's loads of pay and display. Um, so you can park up and it's like a five minute walk Off to the ground, start. Yeah. Um, but there's there's hotels. I'm sure there's Airbnbs around, and there's plenty of public transport um, to get down and then stay overnight. Um, and I'm lucky she she picks me up as well. So the two times I've done it, she's uh, she's picked me up and brought me home. So, so yeah, so if she's in Oxford, isn't it? She's got to work out logistics of how to get back. Some exactly on Sunday, isn't it? Yeah, um, you're never too far from a mainline station on quite a few parts of the course. Um, Henley's halfway practically and there's a i'm sure there's a mainline station right next to the uh, the checkpoint so um, it all goes wrong, you can get a train yeah <laughs> yeah but also well also for paces as well or crew or whatever they can always dip in, in yeah. places and, and help out so did you have paces yeah. when you ran it or i i didn't um I, i'd never had a pacer um i bumped into um a few friends at the start who i knew were doing it from from twitter and who I'd met before. Um, and there's a, a lady called Helen who was doing it. And I bumped into her about 40, I think it was 43 miles in. And we started running together. She picked up her pacer at halfway. And all, you know, all three of us just, just kept going. She just the stole someone so, else's pacer. That's a good idea. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I bought, which, which, which I knew as well. So it was, uh, it was quite good fun. And, you know, you, you, you know, when you, you do a centurion run or something like that there's always someone there you know that you cross paths with throughout the race or at the checkpoint or something so it's 
Yeah, well, they, yeah although the so fields are, you know, relatively small, but from all over, there always there does seem to be someone you recognise from somewhere. Yeah, exactly. So you, you're always around someone you know. I mean, there was a, there's a guy off Twitter called Geo. Um, we crossed paths a few times and, and we chatted a bit and, you know, you uh, pass each other and then catch up, pass each other. So you, you, you tend to do that quite a bit. And yeah, it's good for there's that. There's always someone you know. Yeah. So, um, starts at nine thirty on a Saturday then. So for people that haven't run a hundred mile before, what's it like standing in Richmond at half nine on a Saturday, knowing you've got a hundred miles to run and basically you can still be running till sometime Sunday morning and yeah, not sleeping. Um, I can't remember the first time exactly, but, uh, I do get quite excited the week before a run. Um, and I miss it at the minute. I miss, obviously I haven't done any races since, since January. So yeah. I miss that excitement and that, that even the pre pre race nerves is sort of exciting. Um, but yeah, it is a weird sensation when you sort of I say goodbye to missus and say, all right, see you, see you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, she, she's going off a nice day of shopping and a nice night in a bed and you're going to be catching yeah, 10 she, minutes on a chair if you're lucky in a village hall. She's probably more worried than I am. Um, she probably doesn't sleep that much um, while I'm out running. Um, and I generally text her every checkpoint just so, so she knows where I'm at. Um, no, that's good. Though. So, yeah, <laughs> she, yeah she, she sort of right, runs it with me um, without physically being there. Or without getting the measure um, at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when you start off then, uh, how do you pace yourself for 100 miles? Do you just go what feels comfortable? Have you got particular paces you're trying to hit or do you just play it um, by I... Um, after Brighton Marathon uh, 2015, I found a, a guy on the internet that sort of promoted this run-walk uh, system. Uh, and I adopted it for a few marathons. Um, and I got, I'd like to think I got quite good at it because uh, I, I got a few marathon PBs by using it. So as an example, uh, I'd run for nine minutes, walk for one minute, and I just okay. keep repeating it. So I adopted that the first time I did Thames path and then over the years I've refined it to the point where I was I was getting sort of PBs in distances where before I was running flat out and now I was I was running using the, the run walk and still getting the sort of similar times if not better so I'll start um, 100 if it's flat I'll, I'll probably run three to five miles because you're, you're still grouped with a lot of people and the last thing you want to do is just stop stop and start walking and <laughs> yeah, getting away so I, I let it thin out a bit and then I'll start, you know, I already program it on my watch. So uh, run for nine, walk for one and I'll keep doing that. And I kept doing that till just before halfway. Um, and the pace was, was better than I expected. So I actually got into Henley um, slightly ahead of time. Um, but in a time I knew that if I did it, uh, sub 24 was, was doable. And then just over the race, the, the, I just adjust it to suit how I feel. So I think I ended up um, doing five minute run, three minute walk, something like that. Whereas Which, yeah. the pace drops off, but it's still, it's still consistent. That, that still um, keeps you running, doesn't it? The, the, yeah, because yeah. once you get in that kind of slump, you can almost just end up spending an hour walking without quite realising you are until everyone starts overtaking you. Yeah, um, unfortunately, I think the five the five minute running seems to take forever, and the three minutes of walking <laughs> flies by. That's the <laughs> that is a problem, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. 
And ten starts uh, so being you, flat, you don't get that uh, like South Downs, for example, isn't it? You you walk the ups and you naturally have to run the downs, so it yeah it provides the yeah, natural the, breaks. Yeah, the run walk um, doesn't work so well on on, on hilly stuff, um, but yeah, like you say, you get the natural break, South Downs, North Downs, any anything like that with undulation, and yeah, you can use that as your your walk break, and you, you know you can make up a bit of time on the down without trying to smash your quads to pieces exactly cool so you were saying you got to halfway slightly ahead of schedule and halfways you just said so the that's, name of it. that's H- henley henley and the yeah. best thing about that apart from being a 51 miles is you get your first aid box or drop bag yeah so what do you normally put in your drop bag for halfway um the first time i think i had the kitchen sink in it <laughs> um now I'll pretty much just have um, I'll have a long long sleeve base on for the night section, and I'll put that on. Um, maybe a fresh t-shirt if it's been a hot day and you've been sweating. It you know, it feels nice to put fresh clothes on. Yeah. Um, and possibly a, a fresh pair of socks just to make your feet feel a bit better. Um, Henley's quite an open aid station, isn't it? It is. Tents on yeah. the green by the river. Uh, that's it. And I, I've been lucky on on um, on both races. It's always been uh, decent weather, uh, not too hot, not too cold, not raining. So you know it's, it's lovely, um, and that would be a real bummer of being there and it's peeing down. Yeah, I mean, um, the, the, especially that. Yeah, you don't want to be getting soaked halfway through, do you? And it's yeah, it's all depending on how your race has gone. You're getting there. I think the first people get there about four p.m., don't they? And the the people fighting the cut off they're getting there nearly at midnight so there's a big range of when you might be getting to Henley you could be flying or you could be yeah chasing the cut off in the dark wondering where your spare head torch batteries are and exactly, broken yeah. and I think uh, if if because I, I've had the same in other races where if you're skirting cutoffs that early on you know that your brain starts doing numbers and if it doesn't come up with the right answer it 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 will shut you down, even though your legs probably could still do it. Yeah, you talk yourself out of doing it. Yeah, um, I, I struggle yeah. with basic math when I start getting tired, so yeah, <laughs> doesn't help. Um, so I I now yeah, so now I have uh, so the base layer, maybe a clean t-shirt, uh, maybe some fresh socks, um, and I I use Tailwind, so I'll have my next uh, stash of Tailwind in there that I can. Um, obviously replenish for myself for the next 50 miles. So I'll have um, six sachets of tailwind. Um, they normally have that at the A station, so you're just packing that at the backup or you prefer the flavours? or? I'm a bit of a control freak. Um, people will, will admit to that. Um, so I, I like to know that what the mix is I've got in my bladder is nah. the mix that I'm used to rather than relying on someone else who's mixed it and it might not be the same sure. also I, I generally stick to the green tea flavor so if they haven't got oh. that I, yeah <laughs> that's the worst one whenever i get that i'm oh. just like oh god that's ruined the next section isn't it i've i've tried most but yeah the green oh. tea was the one i've got on because it, it's not as sweet as say like i think it's berry and orange yeah. and lemon. It, it's more of a natural taste. I me. think it's a very accurate taste because i also find normal green tea disgusting so it's obviously accurate in that it well, I gave up tea and, and, and started drinking green tea, so that's probably why, oh, why I like it. Um, so, I mean, the rest of the time at A stations, I mean, the real thing about Centurion is their A stations are more like kids' picnics, aren't they? There's 
Yep. Kind of everything you can Definitely want. buffet, yep. Do you um, tend to sort of stand and eat or just grab a handful and march through on the other aid stations? What's your technique to avoid wasting time? So a good a good thing to do, especially if you're if you're sort of um, not the fastest or you want to try and keep keep the pace up, is get a sandwich bag and literally just walk through and throw things in it. Um, top up your bottles if you want, or, or do that, and then just walk out eating what's in your in your grab bag. Um, that way, you're just you know you're you're still moving um, without that sort of standing around wasting time. So. Um, but I, I, I've struggled sometimes on some races with food, with nutrition, with, with um, uh, stomach issues. Um, I, you know, I've had awful, uh, re, you know, dry, dry heaving situations. Yeah. So I, I've, I've tweaked, I've played around with different sort of things. And now I generally have uh, the tailwind I have pretty much throughout the race, um, salted boiled potatoes. Uh, custard and yeah, um, it's you know it goes down easy because it's because it's liquid yeah. I struggle a lot with swallowing bread and things like that and it just it gets very I have difficult. nearly choked to death on a sausage roll and one of the hundreds yeah. I have to say it's just yeah I, I was uh, a few years back when I did race race to the king on the south downs I was in the middle of nowhere trying to eat a Nutella sandwich and I was choking on it and thought this is it I'm going to die in the middle of nowhere <laughs> On a chocolate sarnie, um, so that's when I that in fact I think it was then that sort of prompted me to look at other things. I think that's possibly when I started trying tailwind, but you can't you can't just um, go with um, fluids all the time because you end up with a belly full of fluid. It just doesn't feel good. You need the the real food to sort of even it out. So when um, I mean they have hot food, don't they? Halfway, did you have anything there? Um, they do. do uh, I I didn't this time. They had pasta. Um, I think the, the time before I did it. Um, but no, I, I didn't have any hot food. Um, there is um, the world famous uh, beans at Streetly, um, and I will have the hot beans because they go down pretty well. Yeah, it's um, a good idea to get something hot in you at that point, isn't it? Yeah, because um, it could be I don't know three four o'clock in the morning there two three four o'clock in the morning and it's cold out. It's nice to have something warm warm inside you. Um, so yeah, I, I generally try and do my own nutrition through most of the race. I might grab a few crisps or something, or maybe a little bit of chocolate. Um, but I'll generally try and be self-sufficient, and I know uh, where I'm at. Yeah, you've got what you need, isn't it? Then yeah, yeah. Although I've I've acquired a weird um, obsession with Fanta, and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, most so, people go for Coke when they're doing ultras, not Fanta. Yeah, yeah, I. I um, Stu, who's crewed and paced me a few times, he, he'll, you know, I've said to him, Stu, I need, I need Fanta. And he'll be like, where am I going to get Fanta from? <laughs> but Autumn 100, he, he found me a massive two-litre bottle. So every time oh, I got no. back to Goring, I'd have a swig of Fanta. It was lovely. <laughs> the odd things we do mid-race, mid isn't it? I, I craved, Thames Path last time, I craved uh, just, just water, pure water. That's all I wanted, just was a big glug of just water. Um, and I think it was Reading that I eventually got some, and it was—it just felt lovely. I don't—I don't know why. Most people want Coke or something fizzy or whatever, or coffee or a tea or something. I just wanted water. So that you, you brought us nicely to that point. Then you've gone through the beautiful scenic Thames with aid stations. I mean, they're regular on 
Centurion, aren't they? I think the, the longest stretch is 12 miles to A Station 1. The rest are, some are closer, sort of five miles apart. You get to Henley, yeah. get a bit of a kit change, something nice to eat. And then you've got the exciting uh, walk on towards Reading. Reading is a strange one because on Autumn 100, um, Reading is hell on earth. Um, whereas I find it on Thames, it's quite nice because you're going the right direction. You haven't had to get to it like you do in Autumn 100. True, it's out and back, isn't it, at Autumn yeah. 100, yeah. Um, but those uh, bastard steps, um, <laughs> which I think, is, I think is 58 miles, so they're not too bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is upstairs. It is very cosy in there. They used to have a sofa in the hallway, which is a nightmare. I've seen a few um, people sat on that sofa with a look like they yeah. weren't ever going to move, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was funny to lie on it, but then I couldn't sort of get myself back <laughs> up again because it was too stiff. Um, but yeah, that, that checkpoint's not too bad. Uh, it's indoors, obviously, so yeah, it can be a bit too cosy. Yeah, and then you've got the kind of walking out of that, you get into sort of Reading itself, don't you, which is... The, the least scenic of the route yeah and you skirt past the pretty much past the town center so if you're at a certain time of the evening you could be passing through loads of drunk pissed up people leaving bars and that yeah i think um, the cut off for reading sort of 2 a.m so yeah yeah most people are gonna be experiencing a few relaxed people yeah so and then obviously you've got the uh you run up past the railway line and you got up over the railway line and then through the housing estate which is obviously the most unscenic part of the route it also always to me feels like you've gone well off route because the 10th pass is very much a yeah a beautiful scenic kind of tow path almost and then you end up in the middle of this weird 1970s housing estate nowhere near the thames presuming you must have gone well off course yeah um I've always had a GPX, so I'm, I'm never too worried about get, getting lost, but I know that has claimed a few people. Um, I think, Ma I don't know how to pronounce her name, Ma Mary, Ma Mary. Um, she famously got lost in there as well. She ended up, I think, going back on herself because she just got so disorientated, she ended up going back the way she came. Oh, um, but you've got, to trust, you've got to trust the markings. They are pretty good. You've just got to keep your eye open for the tape or for the arrows and... Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've not mentioned that, but yeah, t uh, all the Centurion events are really well marked. So if you lose a tra trail, it's more due to the fact you're tired of being stupid rather than a, a lack of market. Yeah, I've, I've, I've done most races on my own and you see people sort of pair up or, or whatever, and they're chatting away and they'll just literally not notice that they passed a turning and you yeah. have to shout, oi, mate, you know, turn right, turn whatever, um, to, to get them back on track. I mean... I've heard of people getting uh, lost on some races. You think, how how did you do it? It's, yeah, how's it possible? I mean, I've I've swept, I've swept a court. I swept Chilton Wonderland last year, and it was just like a million bits of tape. There's no way you could get lost. I don't know, you know, which is what you know. Obviously, Drew and James that do the marking or whoever does it, I mean, they do it really well. So you've got it's an achievement if you get lost. Yeah, so. I mean, there's seldom a point is that you can't see a marker in front of you somewhere as you look for it. So yeah yeah i've done some races where yeah you kind of go for five miles and hope you've not missed one it's only when you finally get to a turn you realize you're still on course yeah um and of course you come out of the housing estate and you're literally back into the fields i think there's a there's a field full of cows normally and then you're back at the thames again 
So uh, obviously that bit's during the night. Have you got any tips for people running at night in their first ultra? Um, obviously a good head torch. Um, you can get some real fancy uh, uh, ones. Mine's a lead lens. Are very very simple. Hmm. Um, so is mine actually because uh, I, I didn't we, want the fancy one with Petzl that does auto Bluetooth adjustment and all this business. Uh, yeah, like uh, hassle. I did um, registration at the uh, Wendover 50k night race last year. And one of the things we had to do was check people's or people had to show that their head torches were working. And you'd say, right, turn your head torch on. And they would, you know, cut the f- minutes fiddling with it. Oh, there you go. It's on. Because, <laughs> you know, they're top of the, r- I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, they're lovely bits of kit. But when you're tired or, or that far in and you just want something simple that's going to work, the one I've got, I'm very happy with, and and the battery life on it is so good. Um, it will go through the night easily. Um, yeah, that's what you want. You don't want to be stopped at the side of a dark river somewhere trying to find your spare battery, etc. Exactly. Um, but running through the night is is a very strange sensation, as you know, because you're just sort of staring at a, a spot of light on the floor. Because you've got to watch your foot in, um, even though the Thames path is flat. It's, it could be through a field, it could be rutted. Um, so yeah, you got to watch where you're going and you get into this sort of zombie staring at the floor, um, waiting for the, to the dawn to break for the turn it off and the sun comes up and then you, you know, you can start looking around again, but yeah, good head torch and just, you know, obviously watch where you're going. Um, because the, the tape and the arrows are great and they're reflective, but you obviously you've got to point your head at them to make them yeah, well, light you up. See them at all. Yeah. No, and have you ever had any issues running at night, safety-wise? You tend to run your own pair up, or I imagine yeah, I've, it's I've, probably quite frightening oh, yeah. the first time, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I've um, never really bothered me, I suppose. Um, I mean, a lot of these races that we we do, unless we're going somewhere really out of the way, you're never far from civilization. I mean, when I I dropped out of North Downs Hundred at I think it's seventy-five miles, Bluebell Hill. Um, rather than wait for the fun bus, I just called an Uber. Um, <laughs> I walked. I walked about two minutes off the trail, and I, I was in a taxi. You know, so you're you never that far. Picking you up, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, I slept all the way back to the back to the finish. But um, yeah, it, you're never that far from civilization. So you know, most people are going to carry their smartphone. If you really get stuck, you can look at your phone and you can see where you are and where, where you need to go. Um, yeah, there's every now and again you might find there's a few idiots out and about, but that sort of uh, want to throw a bit of a, hurl a bit of abuse at you. But yeah, it's it's pretty simple, really. Yeah, no, it's not too bad, is it? So after the dodgy bit past Reading, you get up to Streetly, where you say you often do the aid station. That's your your last drop bag at seventy one miles. Yeah, the first time I did it, that was my point. That I had to get to there no matter what because I'd, I'd volunteered there. I thought that's that's my point of reference. I've got to get to that point. Um, and once I got there, I thought, yeah, this is this is this is all fine now. This is this is doable. Again, the first time I had a load of stuff in the drop bag, far too much stuff. I don't think last year I even had anything in. I don't think I had a drop bag for Streetly. Yeah. Because um, I'd had enough nutrition and stuff on me to to see me through to the end. Power through. Yeah. Uh, again, it's an indoor checkpoint, so it's nice. And they do the hot food, they do the, the cheesy beans, um, amongst all other things. Um, it, yeah, it's a, it's a lovely, it's actually one of the best ones to volunteer at because it's indoors, 
it's heated and they've got Wi-Fi. I mean, you can't ask <laughs> much more. Can't oh, yeah. ask much more, really. <laughs> well, I suppose with that ace ocean being open 11 hours, yeah, you're not, it's not like the early ones, it's going to be a constant stream of people, is it? There's going to be certain yeah. gaps. Yeah. Um, and actually, I noticed one of the, you'd, you'd mentioned about the course record for it. I do remember that guy going through, uh, Craig, Craig Holgate or something his name yeah, is yeah I think that with him so yeah the, the course yeah. record is 14 hours 10 minutes for men yeah um, and I remember him going through he didn't even stop at the checkpoint um, we didn't even know you know he just literally just kept going um, and we, we, the checkpoint wasn't even officially or we hadn't really got it ready properly I don't suppose he just flew past that quick, yeah. <laughs> no um, yeah, and I think he would have been under 14 hours, but he, he took a wrong turn at the end. Ah, just as we were saying, you can't get lost. Uh. Oh, yeah. Well, the, I think that one of the... Uh, it must... must I, I'll never experience this, <laughs> but being at the front must be, must be harder because, uh, for me, there's always someone... If I look behind, I see a head torch. You look in front, you might see a head torch at night or during the day, you can see people. Your front runners, there's no, there's no one to follow. You, you know, you, you you have to pick your route. So you can see why it's more difficult for them. And maybe That's why their they own punishment them. for being too quick, isn't it? That's, right. That's it, yeah. <laughs> That'll learn them, yeah. That's me, 14 hours is basically four, three and a half hours. Marathon's back to back, isn't it? So Yeah. Most people could run a single three and a half marathon, never mind four of them. Yeah, no, it's just, it's ridiculous. I think actually that, I think the woman... It was a good year for the women as well. I think it was Samantha uh, Amend. I don't know how to say her surname. I think she she did really well that year as well. Yeah, Samantha Amend, um, six, basically 16 hours dead. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it's still ridiculous. It is, yeah. It's just phenomenal. There'd be people who are barely halfway by that point. Yeah. It's sort of when, when someone tells you and you're, you're sort of halfway through and and then they go, oh, such and such is finished. You're like, oh, great. I've still got this far to go. Oh, shocking. <laughs> so coming out of street, I mean, for me, that was where the cold really hit because 71 miles in, it would, it, yeah, it'd been dark a little bit, but not too long kind of thing. And it's just, I coming out of there, I just couldn't get warm. And I was running with some yeah. at the time and they just dropped me, not, not intentionally. They just needed to run a bit to keep warm and I was, just couldn't and it's yeah the fog comes in as well which you don't expect so even yeah, the hottest day of the year and we had this weird nighttime fog that just seemed to chill you yeah it it i remember uh, 2016 they had a lot of people um well they had a few people with hypothermia because it was that cold and if you don't if you're not layered up and you don't move quick enough uh, it can catch you out i'm generally i, I don't feel the cold um, when I'm running, I, I tend to wear um, quite minimal kit. Um, but some people, yeah, they, they really need to layer up. I mean, there was a, there's a lady, she does a lot of Centurion stuff, uh, Sharon Dickinson. She was at Streetly when we passed through and she was, you know, she was shivering and that. But they patched her up and layered her up and she got to the finish. But yeah, some yeah, people it can, it can, end, can finish their race if they get that cold. So last time you ran, you got to street, you were feeling all right, were you? Yeah, I felt fine. Uh, we were we were good with the weather. Um, it hadn't been super hot and it wasn't super cold. It was sort of quite in between. It was just right. Um, so I, I felt I felt fine. And I think uh, Helen, who I was running with, she did put on more layers. We, we waited there for a bit while she changed her clothes. She had 
more clothing in her drop bag, so she laid yeah. up. Um, but I just had a, a long sleeve base t-shirt and my jacket, and I was I was fine. Yeah, I wear much more than that personally, but yeah, because you still got thirty and a well, thirty-two, thirty-three miles from that point, haven't you? So yeah, although it's your last drop bag, you've got a pretty long uh, race still to go, and at that sort of pace, you run at that point. That's you know, on a good day, that's seven hours. It's probably more like twice that, depending on how bad yeah. you go. <laughs> Yeah, that's when you sort of, it becomes sort of uh, um, fast waddling slash sort of jogging um, at those sort of times. So uh, you managed to get to the end then? Was it just a matter of, like you said, waddling on and plodding on? Did you have yeah, any bit we, where you doubted yourself, particularly with the Grand Slam in the offing? Um, I wasn't thinking too much about Grand Slam because I had the GPX on my watch. It tells you your... Uh, estimated finish time so it was, it was telling me i mean it, it at one point we were like you know we were going to finish super super before the uh, 24 cutoff but of course as time went on and uh, slowing down and checkpoints that that sort of decreases um so i was just religiously looking at my watch um so i knew we were going to do it all bar a massive you know cock up yeah we were going to get in under the 24 the last three miles i was I was in agony. My calf thing on my right leg was just so sore. Every time I ran, it was sore. But, you know, when you're that close, you can sort of taste the finish. You're just pushing on to the end, really. And look, I always kept looking at the watch going, I'm in pain, but we're all right. I'm in pain, but we're all right. And, you know, we came in just under. It's, it's an odd feeling, isn't it, when you just, yeah, you're going to get to the end by head or high water. But, yeah, it's painful and hurts. And on a normal day, you'd stop, wouldn't you? Yeah, if you, if you were at work and hurt that much, you'd go home for the day. Yeah, you go home and get into bed. Mm. Um, I think it was uh, 2017 when I ran it. I, I I I had a hot spot under my foot. I'd never had one before, and I didn't really know what to do. And I started running a bit awkwardly, trying to not run on the on my foot normally, and it just ended up with a real sore ankle. And, it, and I pretty much sort of. Uh, walk to the finish from about I think Clifton Hampton is 85 and I walked from from there so I death marched to the finish so yeah that was horrible um when you're in that sort of discomfort so you, you recommend looking finished, after your feet then definitely yeah um I, I started wearing toe socks to try and help and they seem to do do the job don't get many blisters um I wear ultras which are quite wide fitting so they're pretty good to my toes although probably everyone will say otherwise but um, yeah they're a love it or hate issue aren't they yeah um exactly um but yeah i I, my feet don't get too bashed um depends on the weather i suppose if it's really wet that can really sort of you know put your feet in a bad way um with the heat and swelling up um again you know you just want that that room to move your toes around yeah, I know I always buy shoes sort of half size up for trails and stuff like that because, like you said, your feet just swell and it makes that bit of difference, isn't it? Yeah, I used to wear hokers, but my little toes would they'd just ruin every race, they would be ruined. <laughs> and that's when I started looking. Well, it, the irony is when I was a kid, you know, you, used to get, you, you probably similarly, maybe you went to Clark's for your school shoes and they put your foot in that machine that measure your feet. Oh, yeah. And I was always a, I was always a wide fitting and, you know, it didn't dawn on me that, you know, Maybe I should have wide-fitting running shoes. 
<laughs> well, a lot of them so, don't do wits, do they? It's only a few like ultra and hokers that really yeah. go in wits. Um, so since I changed them, yeah, I, I've I've been pretty good, really. Cool. So you're right in your kit then. You're coming in and you finish just under twenty four hours. Yeah. So what goes through your head then after running non-stop for twenty four hours? Uh, relief. Um, you know, it's it, there. I'm, I think this the one of the things that sort of kept me going up and up and up was every time you finish that buzz. That I think the harder the race or the longer the race or however you sort of interpret it the bigger the buzz at the finish, you know, the more you, you get that rush of achievement. Um, so, yeah, and coming under the, the 24 was just, was, was an even more, um, you know, rush of, of just achieving what, what I, I thought I could do it, you know, and we, I tried to do it and then, and then to do it was just, yeah, I was over the moon, it really was. Yeah, because if anyone, I don't know, the Centurion, you get a buckle at the end for finishing, and if you come under 24 hours, you get a slightly different buckle that looks the same to anyone that's not reading your groin, basically. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, it says 100 miles one day rather than 100 miles, isn't it? So, yeah. Even though it looks the same to everyone else, there's a desperate urge to try and get that, isn't there? Yeah. And when you're sort of close, I mean, 20 minutes to spare, I think a guy came in with a couple of minutes to spare as well. You know, it's, it it makes the, the achievement all that all that more sweeter because you know. You, yeah, everyone kind of wants one, don't they? Yeah, definitely. So comparing that, because you've run all or tried to run, then all the hundreds. Well, how would you compare that to the other Centurion ones? Um, personally, it's my favourite, which some people find a bit weird. Um, I like I the flat. <laughs> I <laughs> I like the fact that I can control it. Um, the situation where I can obviously we run walk. I can set a plan and then I can action the plan with the hills. I can't really do that. So it's a bit more, I'm in the hands of, of the gods in return mm. in terms of what my pace will be because I've had to walk up something and then run down the other side. So for me, it's my, it's my favorite race in, in terms of controlling it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the South Downs is beautiful. Um, the North Downs is beautiful in parts. Um, uh, and Autumn 100 has got some of the, you know, some of the f funnest bits of the Ridgeway um, that you can run on. You know, Grimm's Ditch, you know, Leg 2, Grimm's Ditch is just out that to swing. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's what trail running is all about. You know, it's having fun and the running down and jumping over the roots and the, all that. You know, it's such good fun. Um, so, yeah, but, but I would probably put Thames Path as my favourite um, and probably South Downs second and uh, i'm not sure whether it be north downs or 100 after yeah, i definitely not, go I've back not, and so i've not done north downs yet it's anyone i've yet to do so yeah it's it's a i don't, I don't know I've, I've done the north downs 50 and i attempted the 100 and I, for a trail i just i don't i don't i don't like it as much as other trails i don't know why um I hated the steps. I, d I don't. I don't hate the steps as much as I used to, but I just hated going up those steps. It just used to knock the crap out of me. Um, and I think better training now and being fitter, it, it, it's not that bad as it was. So I'm hoping that if I go back to do the hundred again, it will be more forgiving. Yeah. Um, well, although I've been told, yeah, Detlin steps are meant to be worse, so we'll see. <laughs> 
cool so um would you recommend 10th past 100 is it a good first 100 do you think you should do something more undulating first or how do you feel about it um i'd yeah i'd definitely say do it um it, i mean it's a great route um and, and like, it's got some beautiful scenery um you know i've mentioned it before with you know, richmond is a lovely town and mm. you go past windsor castle and hampton court palace and you go through some beautiful some of the houses on the thames are just phenomenal you know they must cost gazillions so the, the scenery is, is really nice in places there is tough in terms of because it's flat you just got to have a different mindset um so i'd say definitely it's definitely one up on the list to do Excellent. um yeah i i um i've said to to james it it's my favorite um for sure uh, and i was i was i wanted i would have done it again i promised to pay someone to pay Stu, um who was meant to be doing it um and i was going to pace pace him on it um because just you know because just it's great i just yeah. great, uh, loved loved doing it i saved your job now isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah although he has he has moved it to he is going to do the later one so okay. in september so we'll see yeah, September shouldn't be too bad, is it? If the South Downs that's moved to November will be a bit of a change for people, I think. Yeah. It's, it's not quite winter, I mean, is it? But it's certainly going to be different no, to what they expected. Yeah, I mean, and I, I was listening to James's uh, <clears throat> uh, street, uh, live chat about it. And, and he, you know, he's right. You know, a, a hot June South Downs 100 would, could be or would be worse than than a november for sure because yeah. you know it's nice being out in the sun don't get me wrong but not enough fluids too much in the sun and that's it your bollocks and your body will take time to you might repair yourself once it gets cooler and but you might not so i don't think it'd be as bad as long as it's not too wet um beforehand i think it'd be quite good because it'll be cooler and it'd be nice to run in well it'll have to beat your record when he does it then won't it yeah Cool. And what's your next running challenge, if you even know what's coming up? Have you got a crystal ball? Um, well, yeah, it, uh, I've cancelled three things um, so far. Um, one is a, a five-mile race, which obviously sounds not very long. Yeah, um, you're going to have the walking but, poles for that, yeah, the cheat sticks. <laughs> yeah, but it's something me and my wife do every every uh, uh, Easter Monday. It's a local one over Beaconsfield near us, and it's really nice. So, you know, that's been cancelled. Um, I was going to do a Phoenix run in um, uh, flat one again as, as to, to do with Stu, who was doing the Thames path. Oh, yeah. And then I was going to pace him, which again was um, giving me 50 miles of flat because then I was supposed to do the Grand Union Canal 145. Oh, um, I didn't know you were down for that this year. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that's obviously out the window. Um, uh, and the next one I'd going to do is the ben nevis 50k which is in mid-september so that's that, that's a bit there. hillier than grand union i expect just a bit yeah, yeah. um so yeah i i, I go one at one extreme to the other so i'm totally flat or really hilly yeah um so that's still on at the minute um so we'll we'll see what happens obviously with everything that's going on at the minute and uh, whether they'll keep it keep it on or or cancel it and if they cancel that that's it i've got well actually that's a lie i've got south downs 50 um because that moved 
Um, I thought I'll, I'll take a spot for there. Um, yeah, I was Wendover, as well because that's a good, a good race. I was down to fifty. When you say Wendover, yeah. that the fifty k or the fifty miler you're doing? Although they've ended fifty up miler. Center. Fine, because yeah. yeah, I was down for the fifty k, and obviously that's now got moved to the same day as the fifty miler. So yeah, um, she's a wife's birthday, so that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that we had, someone's been talking today on Twitter um, that it, if you're fast enough, you should be able to do both because the fifty k <laughs> starts at five five in the afternoon. So if you can get the fifty miler done by five, um, you can then start the fifty k. So. Um, all eyes on Stuart Leaney, uh, who is the uh, course record holder. Yeah. So God, that'd be, that, that would be cruelty to yourself, wouldn't it? 50k and 50 well, miles on Wendover. He's, the, he's done the 100, so... He's not a lot of people miles... finished that, though, did they? No, no, to be <laughs> fair, not many people started it either. But, there is that. Um, uh, I think it was probably, what, 20 people finished it, something like that? 25? Yeah. I don't know. Not many. Um but yeah, he obviously he 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 he's got the he won that as well, so it's well in his grasp to do it. Um, if he's up for it. So yeah, that's sure. it. That, that's it. That's all that's in the in the. Well, yeah, the I hope some of those races actually happen, and we'll all have to see how it goes. Yeah. Cool. And if people um, want to follow your running exploits, do you have a blog? Are you on Twitter? I, I know the answer to that one, but what's your Twitter yeah, handle? Yeah, Twitter handle is just S Milberry. Um, and is, is your profile picture a goat or a giraffe? It, it is a goat, although you're right, it could be mistaken for a giraffe. It's meant to be a mountain goat. Right. Um, it's a mountain goat with white sunglasses. I always um, think it's a giraffe. I have to say. I'm yeah. always disappointed when we meet and you're not a giraffe. It's <laughs> yeah, it does confuse people. It is a bit frustrating if people don't have a, their actual photo of themselves and then exactly. you, you meet up at a race, you think, is that them or not? I don't know. No. Um, but my backdrop picture on Twitter is the is the uh, finish photo from uh, Thames Path Hundred last oh, year. Nicely linked back, rather. Yeah. Brilliant. On topic. Exactly. That's very good. Well, cool. Well, thank <laughs> you very much for that, and hopefully, anyone listening will have, to some extent, be able to relive the fun of the Thames Path while they're sat at home this weekend, not running, or maybe yeah. run around their local fields for a few hours. Yeah, I think it's a shame because I think the weather's going to be pretty good. So Yeah, it looks perfect for it, doesn't it? Yeah. Whereas last weekend with the uh, London Marathon, arguably it was a bit too hot. So people might have dodged a bullet to some extent, not having to run yeah, that in the heat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you sort of take your chance with these. These April, May can be with some weird old weather. It can be snow or it can be absolute scorching. It's, you know, very strange. It can definitely go either way, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Cool. Well, thank you very much for that. That's right, mate. And good luck in your running. Well, thanks for listening to Spencer talk about the 10th Path 100, and hopefully this has helped you over the disappointment of missing out this year. Or maybe you never intended to run 100 miles, but it's now inspired you to step up and see what you can do. It's certainly a big challenge, but it's one I'd recommend trying. Maybe build up through 50 milers and 100Ks first. Uh, future episodes, we're going to cover events such as the Grand Union Canal Race that Spencer mentioned, as well as the South Downs 100. So please subscribe and let me know of any races you'd like featured. Keep safe and keep running. Game over.